welcome to Asking for a Friend, a Park Springs podcast. I'm Taylor, and each week I'll sit down with a godly mentor figure in my life and ask questions with the hope of receiving practical and biblical advice on the hard-to-navigate areas of daily life. Thank you for joining. What's up, audience peeps? We're back, and I'm here again with Charlie. Nice to to see you guys. Well, I guess I don't see you, but nice to be chatting with you again. Yeah, and um, today we're hitting a more serious topic, probably the most serious so far, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about. Hmm. Lots of people probably struggle with this and just have thoughts on it. So we're going to unpack that today, and that is mental health. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, big time. Yep. Um, Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have just so many opinions on this. So just as a baseline, how would you set this up? What do you think of when you think of mental health? So mental health is a very complicated topic. And it's because it's complicated because um, it's based on degrees. So you have some levels of intermittent people, for example, that would say, struggle with moments of depression. So uh, they're struggling with some level of grief or some struggle with circumstances around them. And so they, they go through a season of depression. Um, but then you have others who for their whole life have struggled with what we would call clinical depression, where there's just a level of, of weight and struggle that has marked their journey for a long time. And so, you know, when you talk about a subject like mental health, um, it's, it's so big and so complicated and it varies so much based on people's experience that it's really difficult to understand specifically uh, what we mean when we talk about mental health because mm-hmm. we're dealing so much with feelings. Yes. Uh, and so sometimes there's feelings of sadness, there's anxiety. And so I guess for me, as I try to set it up biblically, what I would suggest is that um, God is deeply concerned Um, and deeply at work with how we think, feel, and behave. So there's not an aspect of our life that God isn't involved in. And so although the world would use a term such as mental health, I think what they would say is, are you functioning in a way that you feel happy? Mm -hmm. God's perspective on mental health, I I would say, is, is a bit different, that the goal is not happiness. The ultimate goal in, um, is, is sort of accuracy or truth seeing God clearly in the midst of the pain that we feel and that surrounds us. And so what we want to do is we want to think, to use the world's term, healthy yeah. about everything that's around us. So mental health, a lot of complicated things. Well, you know, we, we can start to address issues like medication, psychiatrists, psychologists, counseling, our own struggles. What does the word say about that? There's a lot of different variances that we can take when we talk about mental health. Yeah. And like you said, everyone's experience can be so different. Mm -hmm. It's based on feeling Mm -hmm. a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So um, it's hard to put concrete terms around it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this is something that my friends that have struggled with mental health issues or just not feeling their best Mm -hmm. at their best. um, I think that they um, they struggle with wondering, like, is this from God and did Mm -hmm. God make me like this? Mm Um, so what would you say to that? Well, let me, let me um, back up just a little bit and take away a bit of a stigma, if I could. Mm. Um, every one of us, throughout the context of our journey in this life, does struggle with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So 
this isn't something that we can say, um, you know, someone struggles with clinical depression. I don't. So I'm further along in my faith. Mm. I've got to see, you know, there's a level in which we all meet obstacles through the course of our lives. And at times they can be trigger points for really struggling. So Paul, an apostle, uh, you know, even in the scriptures, he said, I was grieved to the point of death. Like mm. there was just this sense of in the midst of one of his journeys, it was an overarching sadness that overtook him. And this was someone that was, you know, walking hand in hand with the Lord. So our closeness with the Lord doesn't prohibit us struggling with emotional and mental health issues. Mm, all of good. us all of us are gonna face it at some time. No so, one's immune, just no, no one. based on how faithful mm-hmm. or that's yeah, right. their and, actions. And so that's the stigma that I would say we would want to get away from is to say the more mature you are, the less you struggle with mental health mm. issues. I don't think that's true. I think what it is is really that um, we're more aware as we grow closer to God of the things that he's doing in our lives. And because of that, we're trying to find ways for the truth of God's word and intimacy with him to intrude into those spaces of our heart. Um, I'd like to share with you a quote. So David Paulison, biblical counselor, a guy that I really respect, he passed away uh, just this last, uh, it's been about a year, maybe a little more. Here's how he describes it. He says, God's voice speaks deeper than what hurts, brighter than what is dark, more enduring than what is lost, and truer than what has happened. Because I think what he's getting at is to say that um, what we want to listen to, whatever the circumstances are, primarily is the voice of God speaking mm-hmm. to us and being authentic and real with the places that we're really hurting. So the first thing I would say when we talk about mental health um, for all of us is don't hide, mm. don't pretend that it doesn't exist, and don't count it necessarily as just an issue of your own failure. Um Satan wants to isolate us and make us feel like we are somehow incapable of handling what's around us. And so it's about weakness. The Bible's economy in our own hearts is always our weakness, God's strength. Mm. So we've got to let these things come out. And we've got to use the truth of God's word and the people that he's placed around us to walk through the challenges of life with. Yeah, that's good. And I feel like you touched on this a little bit already, but um, in the church, like Big C, not Mm. our church, but Mm. the church as a whole, I feel like there is this stigma of Mm. maybe not here at Park Springs because I don't feel that here, Mm. but just people are reluctant to talk about it or Mm. reluctant to um, address it, like you've said. Um, Why do you think that is? Like, What what do you think limits uh, followers of Christ from wanting to discuss something like this? Mm. that's that's a toughie I didn't prepare for that one (laughs) um yeah I feel like um especially for things like clinical depression and people that struggle with anxiety their whole life Mm. um they might be reluctant to say that maybe God put that in them Mm -hmm. and they don't want other people to step into that and mm-hmm. um, they may be deeply insecure about it sure. and think that it's a failing on their own part. And like you mentioned earlier, bringing it forward to their church family, they might think that that means, oh, I'm less faithful. I trust mm-hmm. God less because I'm mm-hmm. so anxious because I'm mm-hmm. so 
sad. Mm-hmm. That might be part of why. No, I think that's good. I think that's a good thought because I think what we struggle with most is when we are dealing with really big issues and, and it moves from just like we've, we've talked about clinical depression, but there's even larger issues like personality disorders mm-hmm. and and levels of um, autism and things along those lines um, that uh, sometimes it can feel like I don't really know what to say. And so I feel ill-equipped mm-hmm. to talk about it. And so it's easier to maybe not talk about it because I'm not sure really how to engage in the conversation. Oh, that's good too. Um, so I think, I think the word draws us to numerous different places. So certainly we think of, um, that, you know, you asked the question a little bit ago that I didn't answer uh, in terms of, did God put this in me? Um, and there is a place like the scriptures talk about where Paul talks about the thorn in the flesh, Mm. right? And so at times there are, uh, struggles that are chronic, um, don't just go away overnight. I can't just um, p- pray them out of my life. Um, but that level of human weakness that I experience is for the sole purpose of understanding God's sufficiency. So my weakness can't solve human problems. God's grace draws me to himself in the midst of those problems. So when God engages, the Holy Spirit engages us in mental health issues, I think we have to come to the realization that you're, whoever's struggling, I, you, we're not a problem to be fixed. Mm -hmm. We're a person to be loved. So there's a level of God's compassion that we feel in the midst of our weakness that is a critical component of us growing forward. So the Bible talks a lot about anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Test your anxious thoughts. Be anxious about nothing, right? The Bible says, but by prayer and petition, make your request known to God, Philippians. I think those are great things, but we almost oversimplify it. Yeah. So we almost tell ourselves, um, okay, I'm not supposed to be anxious, but I feel anxious. And so I pray about my anxiety. It doesn't go away. What's wrong with me? Yeah. So you can see the chronology yes. that it takes. And I, I, I think there's a level of caution there of rather saying what's wrong with me versus a different question. How is God growing me? Like, where is it that there's a space in which I'm actually trying to do this on my own um, versus allowing the spirit to be that which is generating hope um, yeah. and, and intimacy with Christ in me? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Do you think that, um, yeah, I just, hmm, that's good. I think, hmm, man, I just don't know what to <laughs> I have to cut this part out. No. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a good one. Um, so based on that, um, and just allowing God to work through, um, you know, these thorns in mm-hmm. our side and seeing it as how is God growing me versus, uh, why does my life stink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a hard perspective shift. But um, do you think that these issues can be permanent? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that... Um, there is a solution or a way to, I guess, remove that thorn from your side? Or So, yes. I mean, I think that there are legitimately people that would struggle with some level of chronic mental health issues for their entire life. Um, and they're trusting God in numerous different ways, and God is working in their life 
um, but it's not necessarily going away. So mm. I believe there's an ind- individuals that can be legitimately chronically depressed that God can use what we would call common grace, which was what I mean by that is that through the uh, um, doctor supervision or a psychiatrist, I think medication can be an aspect of how God mm. helps them because there are levels of chemical imbalances and neurological challenges and things that exist in the context of their life, but there is that level of um, using what God has given us in terms of common grace like medication that can really be beneficial to uh, help us maybe not only just see more clearly, but allow that aspect of our struggle to not consume every mm. detail of our life. So we think of young kids, right? Um, numerous diagnosis of uh, attention deficit disorder, right? That kids are just hyperactive and they're all over the place. And I think there's legitimacy to the fact that sometimes uh, a lot of children have a hard time just focusing. And so there is some medication that can allow them to to step in and to think about those things. Now, is there a problem on the flip side where there's this overdiagnosis? Mm-hmm. My kid's everywhere, so he must have this. Yeah. Certainly. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think when we start to step into the conversations about mental health is it gets a little bit, it gets messy. Yes. Because it feels as though um, either there's an overdiagnosis or an underdiagnosis, and not one of us hasn't googled our symptoms mm. right i mean have you ever done that yeah. like you just type in and you're like i'm feeling this way and you get WebMD, and it yes. comes up with like you are a train wreck your life is i mean all of those things where we're trying to figure out what's going on inside and the challenge is is that we're looking to the world for answers yes and so what, what, I, what i would want to do is i would want to reshape that and and maybe even ask ourselves how does the lord through the context of his word deal with or address or lead his people through issues of um, mental health and struggles. Are there any places that you think of um, when you go to the Word that you've experienced where you think, you know what, these people really struggled with a lot of things and this is how God met them. Like, how do you perceive mental health within the context of the scriptures? Mm. Good question. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I think that um, th- talking about anxiety, I think that an a, a place that I think of was uh, Jesus's disciples. Mm-hmm. I think, um, although this may not have been a mental health struggle, this may have just been st- like there's being anxious versus having anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I think of... Um, like on those final days, you know, when they have the chance, I'm thinking of Peter specifically, Mm -hmm. I guess, when he has the chance to stand up and say, um, like, this is what I believe. I believe in the gospel. I believe Mm -hmm. in Jesus. And he's given three opportunities to, and he's so anxious about what other people think of him Mm -hmm. that he just denies the truths that he knows about God and about Mm -hmm. Jesus. And he just conforms to what the world thinks, which may not be the best example, but, um, I think that that is how anxiety can affect a lot of people. Sure. It it clouds our decision-making. Yeah. So I think that's helpful because, um, the, the, the thing I love about the scriptures is that it's, it's, um, it's brutally raw in terms of us wrestling with these things. So even when Paul talks to the Philippian church and says, don't be anxious about anything, mm. um, the one thing that he's really guaranteeing 
us is that we're anxious people. Mm. He's telling us not to be anxious, not because it's just some potentiality, but it's because the people are struggling with anxiety. Yeah. And so there's a real raw emotion that exists where he's uh, communicating, inspired by God, that that anxiety doesn't have to necessarily um, be uh, how we live our lives. There's something uh, in ways in which we can approach that anxiety so that we can we can trust. And so what we ask ourselves is, where is the anxiety rooted in? Mm. You said Peter. Is the anxiety rooted in public perception? Certainly. Anxiety often is rooted in control. Mm. I'm anxious because I don't know what's going to happen and I can't control the outcome, so I'm feeling anxious. So there's deeper heart level issues that exist that God is exposing so that we can trust him for those areas of um, struggle or challenge in our life. Yeah. Um, And so that's a piece of it. Job is a great one for me. Oh, yeah. And so you think about, um, you know, did Job do anything wrong to feel what he felt and lose what he lost? No, right? It's not. So certainly, I think there's two things we have to talk about. One is mental health issues at times, not every time by any stretch, but sometimes we struggle deeply because we're struggling against sin. There's some chronic thing going on in our life. There's some habit that we're not willing to let go of. We're nourishing some sin in our life that God is addressing that we don't want to wrestle with. And we're feeling uh, sad, depressed, anxious. There's tension. Um, and it's just the war going on inside between our human flesh and the work of the Spirit. Mm. And so certainly there is a result of some of those things that can can happen. But that's not every time, and that's certainly not Job's story. So Job is filled with numerous different aspects of grief. And he has three friends that come around him, give him terrible advice, Mm -hmm. which I think all of us would admit takes place when we talk about mental health issues, right? So advice, what's wrong with you? Mm. Uh, Advice, you must have done something to deserve this. Mm -hmm. Or you should be able to be strong enough to just get through just it. Just get over it. Yeah. Just get over it. So those are, the, those are kind of the options. And, and each of uh, uh, Job's friends kind of come to him and address these things. I, I wanted to just maybe remind us for a second of a couple of Job's responses. So there's a, there's a passage, and, and I'll, um, I'd love for you guys to just look at it on your own time. But one of his friends... Uh, Eliphaz was basically said, the reason why you're suffering is because you're full of sin. That was, that was his only answer to the reason why things were struggling. So Job, Job answered him, and, and here's what he says. Chapter 23, verse 6. Um, and he says, would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? So would God just be putting me through this to prove that he's bigger than I am? Mm. Does that how God, is that how God works? Mm. And I think all of us have wrestled with that before, right? Like, is God just trying to, uh, you know, p- puff up? Yeah. Right? Oh, just... show me he's in control yeah, by yeah, taking that, stuff away from that's me. That's right. And all of us have felt that. Yes. Here's Job's answer. No. He would pay attention to me. Just the thought, right? Just if, if we sat on that for just a second and saying, man, in the midst of everything that's going on in life, one of the guarantees that I can come through in the midst of suffering, mental health struggles, grief, challenge, you can almost put all those circumstances in it and say, wow, God's not trying to assert his power and prove to me that he's bigger than I am. He's actually paying attention to me. Yeah. Here's what Job says. 
that an upright man could argue with him, uh, and I would be acquitted forever by my judge. Here's what Job says he does. Behold, I go forward, but I feel like he's not there, and backwards, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when is he working? I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, and I don't see him. So what he's saying is, there are times in life where things can be so dark and so difficult that even though I want to see God, I, I can't see where he's at. Mm-hmm. It feels so distant. And then he says this in verse 10, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. So he tells us that even in the midst of not knowing and being able to see God, God sees him. Mm. He pays attention. He takes notice. And he's taking care. And so those are guarantees for those of us who have faith in Christ of things that God gives us despite our poor responses. So sometimes we think mental health, I've just got to fix this and then things would be better. Mm. And ultimately, I think what we hear from the Lord is, I want you. I don't need you to be fixed Mm -hmm. for you to be there. Um, and, And finally... Here's, I think, something that we hang on to with all mental health struggles, whether they're clinical or chronic or whether they're seasons. Job has another friend, <laughs> bad advice, uh, saying, you know what, you, you, can't, you can't really be that good. You can't um, really think that um, you haven't failed in some way or the, this ultimately what he's saying is this is really your fault. Yeah. And I think we feel that way with mental health yes. struggles. Like, I, I've done this. And here's what he says in verse 20, chapter 26, verse 14. Behold, these are the outskirts of his ways. How small a whisper do we hear from him? But the thunder of, of his power, who can understand? So what, what Job says is, you know, we've only seen glimpses of the goodness of God. Like we can't capture those things. And even the goodness of what we felt in the midst of life is but a small whisper of his power and goodness towards us. And so what we hold on to is that God is speaking, God is working, and we can trust that it's not about us being able to figure out our predicament. It's being able to trust the God who's leading us through the journey. Yeah. And those are two very different places that nourish our heart. One really is a place where we feel very discouraged about our struggle and one where we can find a lot of hope that God is leading us through it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I think it's just so, um, it's just so in contrast with what culture says Mm -hmm. about mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Like from what I've seen, um, a lot of people, they kind of find their identity Mm -hmm. in that struggle, whether they want to or not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's that's all they feel that people see about them. Mm Um, and I just think that can be so harmful to people also just forgetting those. Mm -hmm. I mean, in culture, we probably see it most from non-believers, but I think even believers can fall into that and fall Mm -hmm. away from God's truth, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, here's what happens. I think when, um, you know, any of us go through a season of feeling like we've struggled or maybe even someone who chronically deals with, um, some level of, of a mental health challenge. Um, is that they self-disqualify. And so what they would say is, because of this struggle, God can't use me. Mm. Um, and and that's not true. So, you know, I've walked through journeys with 
veterans who are fully disabled because of PTSD, and the things that they've seen are astronomical um, and just um, hard to even capture with words. And it's it's affected them on a very deep emotional level. Um, but some of the places that they found the f- most freedom is seeing how God can use their struggle in the lives of someone else who had been struggling that might not be quite as far along in wrestling with those PTSD issues. Um, and then at the same time, there is a level of camaraderie. So if all of us in the Big C Church were honest about our deep struggles, there would be a huge sigh of relief. Because yeah. you'd be like, oh, there's someone else that deals with what I deal with. Mm-hmm. And sees what I see, mm-hmm. um, and God is still using them, and I see it. That's like, right. You'd be surprised what other people are yeah. struggling with. Yeah, but, but 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 our tendency is to hide. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said earlier, Satan loves that for mm-hmm. us. Like he yeah. he wants that. He wants us to feel alone in our mm-hmm. just as he wants us to feel alone in our sin. He wants us to feel alone in our in our struggles. struggles. Yeah, yeah, and it just implodes, mm-hmm. right? So it just becomes some of those things where um, the darkness gets darker because we feel like no one understands. And so what I would want anyone who's struggling with mental health issues that hears this podcast um, is is a few things. One is that you're not alone. Mm. Um, and, and number two, God sees. Um, it's not an issue of punishment. It's God paying attention, that there's a love and a compassion. Um, and then it's interesting, as I was working on my sermon this week, kind of a little story for you. Um, we're going through a, a a sermon series called Testify, and there's a, a person in the scriptures, and it, it talks about the Lord's compassion. There was a, a guy that I was reading that defined compassion this way. Um, he said, compassion is your pain in my heart. Mm. And I thought, that's it. That's where it's at, right? There's the reality. When we talk about the Lord having compassion for those people and that he's long-suffering, here's what he's saying. Your pain is near and dear to my heart, and I love you so much that I'm intruding, invading, involved in all of the things that you struggle with as a way to dispense love and compassion to you. Um, and so God sees what you're going through right now, the darkness so that you feel, the uncertainty of whether or not things are going to get better, the, um, the struggles of whether or not you'll ever be able to be heard or understood. God understands, God sees, God knows. Mm. Secondarily, um, if there's any plea that I could make, and, and, and I'm not... I'm not above begging, but if you really are anyone struggling really deeply with very significant things and just feeling like it's taking over, um, you need to talk to someone. Yes. Um, and you know, myself, totally 100% open, tons of people out there, they want to hear from you. So, uh, if there's any challenge that I could give, it would be don't, don't do this mm-hmm. alone or don't think that you have to, or that you should, uh, yeah. do that alone. And a good bit of advice that I heard was um, if you don't feel comfortable going to a therapist or counselor, which can be a whole other episode because there's such a stigma sure. around that, but um, take it to community, take it to mm-hmm. to friends that you have in your life that care deeply about you mm-hmm. and at least open up to them and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, that is better than not saying anything at sure. all and they can help you um, just steer you in the help in the direction you need. And if you're the friend, then you can be looking for these things in mm-hmm. those around you. And Yeah. And that would be my encouragement. Like, there's not one of us that doesn't need counseling. Yeah. I reached out to someone last week. Just a lot of things going on and felt like I couldn't see what I wasn't seeing. And I needed somebody from the outside to just say, hey, these are the things going on inside my own heart. And I, I need some 
insight because I can't I can't piece these things together about what's going yeah. on inside. And so there's not one of us that wouldn't benefit a, a tremendous deal from it. We call it counseling here at the church, at our church, at Park Springs. We call it partnership mm. because the reason why we're convinced it's partnership is not that somebody's coming in who's struggling with something and we're giving them advice. What we tell them every time is, the Lord's doing the work, and we are choosing and want and counting a privilege to attach our lives to yours. And we're going to partner through you. We're going to partner with this um, as long as it takes, whatever yeah. that means. And and that's been for some um, over a year and a half. We've just been journeying on a regular basis with people, and um, and some are new to those things. But but partnership just carries a sense in which somebody wants to be involved in my life, and that's what we mean when we mean counseling. Yeah, that's good. I think um, this is something that we can address. Just one last thing. Sure. Um, so this is something that um, I see a lot of people saying, and I know that I have said it before, and I just wanted to get your opinion, a pastor's opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the whole idea of feeling depressed mm-hmm. versus being depressed versus having depression mm-hmm. or um, insert another, mm-hmm. you know, mental health struggle here. Mm-hmm. So uh, feeling anxious versus being anxious versus having anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it's harmful to mix up those terms or? Yeah. Cause in culture, I think that people jump down each other's throats about like, Oh, you're saying you have depression. You don't have depression. Right. That's not what depression, you know? So um, yeah. just what, what do you think about no, that whole gr- conversation? That's a great question. Cause there are levels of tipping points that we find ourselves um, trying to assess. And, and a lot of times uh, some of it is due to uh, c- comparison, like mm-hmm. you were talking about. So you can't struggle with clinical depression because I've struggled with clinical depression my whole life. And so yours isn't like mine, Mm -hmm. but that's the struggle with mental health is none of it looks the same. Mm. And so the thought that we could put sort of a uniform expectation on those things and make it seem like, um, how one person struggles is the same as everyone else is, is just unrealistic and unreliable. So I would say that, um, feeling depressed. So levels of, um, kind of sadness, a heaviness and a weight, um, the moving towards deeper depression where you're going through the season, um, lack of interest in things that you used to enjoy, uh, kind of chronic uh, struggles with getting out of bed and just not wanting to, a a real lack of motivation. Um, Things that used to make you happy don't make you happy. There's just a, a feeling like a loss of joy in the context of those things um, would be a move from, uh, feeling depressed because of a circumstance to moving towards dealing with some mm. level of depression. And that's what I talked about at the beginning, right? It's about degrees. Yeah. Um, and then when you talk about clinical depression, there are legitimate realities of what takes place in a person's mind um, biologically yes. that has predisposed them to some levels of chronic clinical depression. Um, and so like chemical imbalances uh-huh. that contribute to those feelings, 100%. And so there are things where, um, you know, the, uh, because of common grace, there are mood stabilizers. There are things that the, the doctor, um, or physician or primary care psychiatrist is able to help, um, regulate some of those chemicals so that we can see clearly in those regards. Um, and so if, if you felt for a, a long season that, you're losing motivation, that there's darkness, that you just can't get way to that heaviness. You need to talk to someone. And, and any counselor will, will help you walk through the journey of whether it's a, 
a season of depression or whether this is sort of a a, a real biological challenge. Mm. And so you don't necessarily have to be born with clinical depression to be clinically depressed. Yeah, like those things good. can come on, things can happen. Same thing with anxiety. Um, a lot of times there are other kind of um, underlying factors. So other mental health issues when we talk about like personality disorders or things along those lines, it becomes a bigger thing. So just like when we talk about autism, right? When we talk about autism, there are vast scales of autism. Yes. There's high functioning autism and then on the far scale there's low functioning autism. And so um, everybody is um, addressing or focusing or dealing with things in a very unique way. And so that's why we need one another and we need professionals around us to help us walk through how we understand what's really going on inside of our heart. So yeah, it's not, um, I, I would get rid of the misnomer that um, it, it has to look like someone yeah. else. So you say in your life, I know someone who's clinically depressed and I don't feel that way. That yeah. doesn't mean that that's not a part of your journey yeah. because it doesn't look like theirs. So you, you have to be engaged with what's going on inside your heart and, and then allow other people in to help you find out or help us find out what's really going on inside. Yeah, that's good. So. Just inviting someone in to help mm-hmm. you look through that because we're yeah. always going right. to invalidate our own struggles. Right, or compare them with other people's. Yeah. And so, um, and, and that's the thing, maybe that's that's a good piece of wisdom or something to kind of tuck in our back pockets is that understanding our own mental health, we can't do alone. Mm. Like you can't know whether you're mentally healthy by yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's always done within the context mm. of community. Yeah. So Biblical community. Yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. <laughs> we yeah. got to find it in the right places. <laughs> that's right, yeah. You don't want just token advice from Joe Schmo down the street. Yeah, um, going so. to like a, like an herbalist or like a... Right, right. What the, someone that does the oils oh, and yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ceremonies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 all the crystals and all that other stuff, yeah. Yeah, none yeah, of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it's, it's <laughs> start with just people that you know and that you trust. So your pastor, um, even, even your family, if there's people that you trust in the context of your family. But if you're feeling like you can't see your way through this, uh, it's worth talking to someone and that being a trigger. Like, this has been going on a little bit long and something seems off. That's how it was for me this last week. And I was talking to my wife about it. And I said, something just seems off. Like, mm. There are things that I really enjoy, normally really enjoy, that I'm just kind of not, in, I, I just can't see what I, I'm not seeing clearly. And so I need someone else. And so I called someone and said, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening in my life. Can you just... Help me put together some things about where I'm kind of missing uh, a missing piece. And, and and I love it. And I'm grateful that there's people out there that are willing to do that. Yeah. So. And if you don't have that, here is a great place to start. 100%. At more, our church or somewhere That's at the right. church. Absolutely. Yeah. We would love to hear, love to be a part of that. So. Yeah. All right. Um, if this produces any more questions, we would love to do another episode about this because there's just so much oh my to talk about, so much that we didn't cover. Sure. So um, Yeah, feel free to, I mean, I would just say even if there are questions or uh, different topics that you'd want to address with the mental health thing, just, you know, you can certainly reach out and email us and we'd love to do that. Um, yeah. And I'd finish with just, the, just reminding us of what David Paulson said, just to give us a place of hope. Um, and as we, you know, he said, uh, God's voice speaks deeper than what hurts, brighter than what is dark, more enduring than what is lost and truer than what has happened. Um, there's just something that I think we can really, 
that serve as the starting point as term in, in us being able to move forward yep. with anything we struggle with. Mic drop. Yeah, there you go. Episode done. <laughs> See y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit psbible.com. Bye.